like that song. That's a good song. Every time I sing that, I think of camp because uh, Brother Crone's camp always sang that in the evening service just before the just before the uh, message. Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter six tonight. We're gonna gonna take a little bit of a, a detour from principles, although we are gonna be looking at some some basic principles really about about finances, about money. And uh, the title of the message tonight is, is just very, very basic, What's Money For? And we're going to be looking at the, the four basic purposes for money. We are living in a day and age where, in fact, I was just listening to something before I came to church tonight, this afternoon. Um, we're living in a day and age when the pennies are being pinched. Uh, there's not anybody in here who hasn't been affected by the downward uh, slope of, econ- econ- of the economy. We've all been affected by it. Just look at the, at just the, the price of gas alone uh, is, is so much different than it was just a couple of years ago. And um, uh, because of that, uh, particularly in these kind of times, it's, it's very important to spend your, your money wisely. And what that means for a Christian is, is to use it biblically. Well. You can't use it biblically if you don't know what the basic purposes of money is for in the first place. And that's what we're going to look at this evening. Matthew chapter 6, let's all stand together. We're going to start in verse 24, and we'll read down through, down through verse 33. Verse 24 says, No man, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, uh, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these." Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And when he says the Gentiles, he's talking about you and me. That's our mindset. For, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we come to you tonight asking you to, to impart upon us some wisdom in the area of finances, in the area of money. We're getting ready to have a missions conference. And anytime we have a missions conference, we, we certainly are asking folks to uh, look to you to be revived in their hearts, 
to uh, have a, a renewed dedication to our Savior and to the commission that you've given us to give the gospel into all the world and, and preach it everywhere. And Father, uh, we, we, we also know that that requires money to do so. And so we, we pray, Father, that you use this message to prepare our hearts for next week and for the things that we're praying about and praying for. Uh, Lord, uh, may you have your will and your way in our hearts tonight. As you speak to our hearts, may it be our desire that we respond and say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. I want to tie in the first uh, verse that we looked at along with the last verse that we looked at. Verse 24 says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And what he's talking about there is talking about serving God and serving money. You can't, you can't serve both. Uh, you, you'll end up leaning toward one and not the other. And then the key to the whole thing, of course, is found down in verse 33. And it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You can also add another verse that we did not read, which is up in verse 21, which says, Where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And you know, before we go into these four purposes, it's just it's it's absolutely important that uh, we make a decision first and foremost to serve the Lord and to seek the Lord first in all things, and even uh, in the the area of of our finances. And uh, the Scripture makes it very clear that where you put your tre treasure, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's efforts, no matter what it is, uh, the things that you value the most, where you put that treasure, that's where your heart will end up following, and uh, your your heart will be there. So let's let's take a look at uh, four basic purposes that God that God says that um, He has given us money for. Uh, if we're not real careful, we'll let money be our dictator. We'll let money be our God. And uh, you definitely don't want to go down that road. I have, I have watched people who have put finances first before the Lord. And uh, anytime we do that, uh, that always ends up in a, wrong, in a wrong place, in a wrong destination. So turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6 to start with. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And Timothy was a young preacher boy. Two books were dedicated to him. The Apostle Paul uh, put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of prayer into Timothy. And in the very first letter that he wrote to Timothy about the ministry, he included uh, some, some uh, advice about money and about finances. Look with me down in verses 6 through 8. In verse 6 it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for he brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. First purpose of money is, is to provide what we need. In other words, to provide the basics. Uh, what are the basics? Well, according to verse 8, it's food and raiment. 
Uh, it's nice when you have a uh, place to live, a roof over your head. It's good to have uh, the other things that are, are uh, necessities of life, but the bare bones necessity basically is, is food and raiment. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, is no, no, matter, no matter what else you might have on top of that, the, the only things that are secure in this life are the things that are eternal. Um, you know, I, I, I remember years ago getting a phone call one, uh, one morning finding out that a man in our church out in Green Bay, uh, his, his house had a, had a house fire the night before, and, uh, and it, it, it took just about everything. It just, it, it ruined everything. And what it, did, what it didn't take, it, it totally ruined. And I remember going out there with Pastor Keck uh, that morning early, and they had tables set up in the front yard and stuff strewn all over the tables. And like I said, just about, just about everything was ruined. Um, it was refreshing uh, the, the family that, that, that lost it all uh, had the right attitude about it. And it was basically, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that they, they weren't <laughs> greatly, greatly sad and sorrowed over the loss. But they, I think what they, what they understood was, you know, this, this stuff is going to burn anyway someday. And uh, there's nothing absolutely secure in this life. And when it comes to physical things, there aren't, there aren't things that, anything that's secure. The only things that are secure are things that are eternal. That's why I'm thankful for eternal life, because when you get it, no, nothing can, basically nothing can stop it, you know? Uh, when you trust Christ as your Savior, from that point forward, that thing is locked down, secure, and absolutely, totally eternal. But anything else in between, between now and when we either get, we either get taken up by the blessed hope and the rapture, or, uh, or death, uh, nothing else is secure. And what, what is absolutely essential is to have a, an attitude of contentment. Uh, notice I said that money is one of the basic purposes is to provide what we need, what we need. Uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, and I think I could speak for everyone here, and I know I can speak for myself, I have so much more than what I need, what I absolutely need. And we ought, we ought to be thankful for that, uh, but, but we ought to be content with what we, what we do have. We ought to be content with the basics. That's why, that's why he said, having food and raiment, let us be content. Well, the truth is we have a whole lot more than that. But, uh, but we ought to be content with the basic things. And when we, have, when we have that contentment, then we have the possibility of godliness and we have the possibility of taking our money and using it for the right purposes. And uh, lack of contentment uh, you, you know, uh, leads, leads to, I found, a lack of reserves. There are people that are in, in debt up to their ears, and I don't know what the what the current uh, what the current rate is per household, but I, I remember hearing it one time, and, I, and again I don't know that this is a current rate, but twelve to thirteen thousand dollars per household on credit cards alone. That's not talking about mortgages. That's not talking about uh, car payments or anything. Just just credit cards alone. 
And uh, what, what that usually will lead to is that, that will lead to a lack of reserves. And if you don't have reserves, then you can't help other people that are in need. Uh, one of the things that God has really taught me since I've, since I've been here as pastor is the importance not only of a church having reserves, but of individuals having reserves. And again, it's not for a rainy day because it doesn't take much rain to have a rainy day and to wipe it all out. It really doesn't. So if that is your purpose, that's probably the wrong purpose. We ought to be content with what we have and, and have reserves so that we can be a blessing and a help uh, to other folks that have need. So the, the first purpose, basic purpose of money, is to provide what we need. Second purpose, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 are two of the, the classic chapters that have to do with missions giving. Uh, Apostle Paul was challenging the uh, church at Corinth, uh, which was a very opulent church. Uh, Corinth, as a city, was a booming city, and it was... Uh, uh, economically prosperous. And, and uh, uh, that is a blessing to a, a local church that is, is in that situation, but it can, also, it can also be a tremendous temptation and a, a tremendous curse if the money isn't used properly. And what he was doing was, is he was telling them about the Macedonian churches that, uh, that were giving sacrificially. They were not as well off as Corinth was, and uh, they had some, some tight economic situations, and yet they gave sacrificially. And uh, he was using those, those, the, the church at Macedonia to uh, be an encouragement and be a, be a challenge uh, to, uh, to the, the Corinthian church. But I want you to look at me in verses 13 through 15 of chapter, chapter 8. Verse 13 says, For I mean not that... Other men be eased and ye be burdened when it comes to giving, and it comes to giving particularly to outside ministries, other ministries. And, of course, Paul was one of them. And, and uh, he says in verse 14, But by an equality, that now at this time their abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that, that uh, there may be equality, as it is written, he that had gathered much, had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. Now, what he's talking about here is how that money can be used to unite Christians and supply the needs of others. When others have needs uh, and we have abundance, we uh, uh, try to be a help and try to be a blessing to those that have those needs. Uh, according to that verse, that's the purpose of, of abundance. The purpose of abundance and the purpose of a windfall and the purpose of having extra isn't just so we can go on out and buy everything that we have, we have lusted after months before. That's, that's not the purpose. Uh, the purpose is, is that uh, my supply can be a blessing and be a help to others' needs. And, uh, you know, when, when was the last time that uh, you got uh, extra 
or uh, you looked at the abundance maybe that you already had, and one of the first things you thought of was, how can I be a blessing to someone else? How can I be a blessing with this? Oftentimes what we do is, you know, and I've, I, I, you know, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself as well. Uh, there are times when I know a little extra is going to be coming in. Uh, tax time is, is one of those times. And uh, uh, before you even get the check, you've already in your, in your mind got that thing spent. Uh, when was the last time you had an abundance or abundance was about to come, a little extra, and you looked at that and said, okay, God, now what, you know, not only who can I help, but Lord, what is it that you'd want me to do with this? Uh, how would you like me to spend it? Not how, I, how would I like to spend it? How would you like me to spend it? And, uh, uh, you know, that, that, causes, uh, that causes people to, to, to first depend upon God and then to realize that God oftentimes uses, and I've, I've, I've watched this happening in my life over and over again, God has used, used others to be an encouragement to me. I can remember one time when we were on a, uh, we're getting ready to, to, we were out in Green Bay, I was associate pastor, we were getting ready to go on vacation. And this happened to be one of those times when we were going on vacation, we, we, had, the, we had the bare bones expenses of the vacation covered, but that was it. There wasn't a whole lot of wiggle room. There wasn't a whole lot of extra spending money. And, uh, and so it wasn't, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't going to be a lot of, lot of activities going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, we could get from point A to point B, but once we got to point B, we we're pretty much, that, that was it. That was, that was what we were going to enjoy. And uh, I had a man in the church come up to me. I'll never forget it. I've never, I don't know that I ever had it happen quite like this before. And uh, he said, listen, I, I understand you're going on vacation. God's touched my heart to be a help and a blessing to you. Of course, he didn't, he didn't know. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't uh, gripe and complain about the situation. And he handed me, at that time, $50 would like, be like handing somebody two or $300 today. And uh, man, what an encouragement that was. Now, yeah, were we able to do some things that we weren't, we would not have been able to do without that money? Yes, we, yes, we did. Uh, but, but more than that, it just encouraged me. Uh, first of all, that God spoke to His heart about me, you know, and, and about my wife and about my family. What a blessing that was! Uh, and and uh, you don't realize just how much sometimes. When you go to God about that kind of stuff and God directs you uh, to take some of that abundance and direct it to, to someone else, whether it be someone in this church, someone outside of this church, someone in your family, uh, it could be a ministry, it could be, uh, it, it could be a special offering that we have, uh, whatever it might be, uh, when, when God uh, uses you to do that kind of thing and to, to move in that direction, uh, many times we, we just don't understand, we don't realize how much of an encouragement that is to others. And then the, the, the third uh, purpose that God has for uh, money, go with me to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi is your very last book in your Bible in the Old Testament. 
Malachi chapter 3. What God was doing in the book of Malachi was uh, speaking to Israel because they had, and particularly the priesthood, uh, but, but also the people, and, and letting them know that they had drifted away from God. And uh, he, he gave them some very pointed questions. In fact, there are uh, many questions that are asked throughout the book of Malachi. But I want us to look at verses, verses 10 and 11. Uh, well, actually, let's, let's just go up. Let's go up to verse 7 and get it within in context. It says, Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? You're saying, listen, you know, okay, you tell us to return. In, in what area? How? And verse 8, he says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Now, notice it doesn't just say tithes. It says tithes and offerings. Uh, the Bible makes it very clear. The tithe is the Lord's. And I've had people argue with me and say, well, you know, that's Old Testament. Well, find me someplace in the New Testament where God said the tithe is yours. <laughs> he never has, and he never will, because 10% of what you have is supposed to go back directly to God. And he uses that uh, to test us and try us, but he also uses it so that we can do something uh, with that money and, and, and prove him. Uh, notice he says down in verse 10, bring ye all the, the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now therewith, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the uh, fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Um, one of the purposes of money is to demonstrate the power and the blessing of God and to, to use that, that, that uh, opportunity to give as an opportunity to prove him. In fact, the Lord tells us, he invites us to prove him. And, and we prove him by bringing the tithes and bringing our, our offerings uh, to the storehouse. And of course, the local New Testament church now, it's not the temple, but it's the church, is, is the storehouse. And we prove what is his will uh, by, by giving that which belongs to him back to him. Uh, where that all starts, uh, take, your, take your Bibles and turn with me to over to in the New Testament, to Romans chapter 12. And this kind of goes back to what we were looking at in the book of Matthew, having to do with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It, it starts... Not with us giving money, but first giving ourselves. And, and uh, uh, God makes that very clear and very plain in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, it's your reasonable service because once you get saved, God owns your body. You know, the Bible says you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And then verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What, what God wants us to do is to prove him. And one of the ways we can prove him is with, with our, our finances, with money, by giving tithes, by giving offerings. And, uh, uh, and I, I've watched this. I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in the life of countless uh, others where, where God has over and over and over again proved himself. Now, I will say this. Um, uh, there have, have been times, and quite a few times, where uh, we as a, as a family and as a couple have, have uh, given sacrificially to some particular need that, that comes across uh, our, 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 uh, our path. And uh, it, sometimes it's in a local church, uh, sometimes it's a special offering, uh, sometimes it's, it's somebody else's need. And, and we'll give sometimes sacrificially. And here's, be careful of this mindset. I give sacrificially, and then God will make sure nothing wrong happens for at least two months afterwards so that I can recoup. Well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> sometimes the bottom falls out right after you've given sacrificially. I've had that happen. But can I say this to you? Even though it fell out immediately afterwards, within a week or two, God always took care of us. And he did it in miraculous ways. He did it in ways that we did not expect. You know, we've been praying now for almost, well, for eight weeks uh, for unexpected money. But, but I've, I've, I've watched God after giving sacrificially and then a huge need come up. Uh, I've, I've watched him provide in, in very, very unusual ways. And we've seen this over and over and over again. And what, what it does is, is, is it, it sets a precedent for you. It makes you realize, wait a minute, I'm not in control. God's in control. And, uh, and God said he'd take care of me, even though it, it looks like just the opposite after you've given an offering or helped someone with a special need. And uh, uh, yet, the, the truth of the matter is, God, God will be <laughs> indebted to no one, and uh, he'll make sure that, that you're taken care of, and I've seen that happen over and over again. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 is a verse that I have seen, again, come true over and over again. The, the context of it is talking about a lot more than just money, but I, I don't believe that, uh, that using it to, to, to prove a point when it comes to uh, giving financially. I, I don't believe it's, it's taking it out of context at all. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Now the thing that it doesn't say is it doesn't give the timing for that. And, you know, we get this idea that, well, you know, give, and immediately I'll have it given unto me. Well, it might not be immediately, and it, and it says it. 
You know, uh, so oftentimes we think, well, if I give money, then I'll give back money. Sometimes I've, I've seen God, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've given financially and God in return gives me something else. But that something else is something that I needed even more than I needed more money. Uh, he gives wisdom. He gives help. He gives encouragement. Uh, he uh, gives sometimes encouragement to others. Uh, not, not very long ago, uh, Jared made a comment to me. He was, there was a, a time when within the last, uh, I say not very long ago, last three to five years, um, there was a particular need in his life. And I was concerned uh, about him, and I didn't want him to, to be discouraged. And I, I said, listen, are you, you going to be okay on this thing? He says, oh, yeah, Dad. And really, uh, very, very confidently, he says, oh, absolutely. He said, you know, I, I, I watched, Dad, as a kid, I watched you go for over, over six months, maybe seven, seven months or so, uh, seven or eight months without, without a salary, and we watched God take care of us every step of the way. He said, I figure if God can do that for me, uh, God, loves, or God did that for you, God loves me too, he'll take care of me. Uh, you know, what I, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, that was an it that I did not expect, but uh, given it shall be given unto you. Uh, it was encouragement to one of my family members, and I, I'm thankful that he was able to see that and to see that in, in, during that time, we didn't stop our giving. Uh, you know, sometimes you get in a, in a pinch financially and you say, well, now it's time to, to pull back. Well, you know, you might not have as much to give, but it's not time to pull back when it comes to giving. You ought to continue to give because that promise is true. Give and it shall be given unto you. And then the, the last, and we could probably spend just a little bit more time on this one. The, the last purpose for money is to, to confirm direction and to confirm timing in our lives. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. God gives us money to confirm direction and to confirm timing. Philippians chapter 4, and down in verse uh, 19, but we're going we're gonna to start a little bit uh, before that, so we get the context. Verse 15, it says, Now ye Philippians know also how that, uh, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with, with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So, in other words, at one time, the only supporting church that the Apostle Paul had was the Philippian church. For one reason or another, all the rest of them pulled back. Verse 16, for, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and, a, and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So the implication there is some, some folks really dug deep because they knew Paul had a great need and gave sacrificially. And then comes the promise, because of what they did for Paul, 
uh, God says in verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But, but one of the things that you need to see in that verse is that God says emphatically and, and confidently, uh, the Apostle Paul said this to, to the Philippian church, said, my God shall supply your need. In other words, my God will take care of you. Um, we, we need to determine not to move forward on a plan or not move forward on a program or a purchase until God provides the funds because one of the things that he uses to show us where we ought to go and what we ought to do is the funds that he provides for us. If there's insufficient funds for a project or for a purpose, uh, what is it that God's trying to convey to us? Uh, seeing that he has, he has promised, he said, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we're faithful and if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing with our funds and we have given ourselves to God and we're trying to live for him, uh, then, then he will use money to show us what to do and what not to do. And so, so uh, if, if there are insufficient funds, then what does that mean? Well, there's, there's several different possibilities. First of all, it could be we don't need it. You know, we want it, uh, we desire it, but we don't necessarily need it. Did you, how many of you have ever bought something and then sometimes not even a day later, but it might be a day or a week or a month later, you wish you hadn't bought it? How many of you ever been there? Okay, just about every end of the place. And, and you know, and, and I've been there too. Uh, why did we do what we did? Well, usually it's because we, we acted uh, on our own desires and our own thoughts rather than following God in the thing. And, and the truth of the matter is there, there are times when God will withhold things from us, uh, things that even that we desire. And he'll withhold things from us because he knows that if he allowed us to have whatever, uh, it might hinder our relationship with him. And anything that's going to hinder our relationship with him, God, God will withhold. Um, making a determination uh, not to make a purchase until funds are available will, will prevent uh, impulse buying. Uh, you know, I, I have credit cards, but can I tell you what I do? Uh, I say credit cards. I actually have one credit card. And uh, the reason why I have it is because I can, I can actually get rewards and points and so forth when I use it. When we were gone for the, this last week up, up in Wisconsin, I used it several times for a little bit larger per purchases. But whenever we get that, that bill at the end of the month, I make sure that I have, if I don't have the money already to, to purchase that thing or to make that, make that transaction, I don't make it. I just don't make it. And that, that is a, I haven't always been that way, but I've, I've learned over the years that that is the wise way to move. Uh, that way you don't presume on God. And, and uh, that way, uh, you let God provide the, the, uh, the funds first, uh, and then you make the purchase. And uh, we need, we need to, to be careful. We, 
Sometimes we, we train even our children to operate that way. Uh, have you ever, you ever uh, either had a child or seen a child uh, come you know, to, to mom or to dad in a store and, and, and say, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, I really, 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 really want this. I really, really, really want this. I really, really need this. And because of pressure, they go ahead and they, they, they get it for the child. Um, that's not a wise thing to do because then you teach people to, you teach children to operate and buy things based on desire, not based on need, number one, and number two on the, the leading, actually number one on the leading of the Lord, and number two by the, the needs that we have. And uh, if, if you have for, if you, you might even have money for a purchase, but you're unsure of God's will, well then ask, uh, for God to give you direction and ask God to give you additional funds to confirm that that is where he wants you to go and what he wants you to get. So the, the first reason for insufficient funds sometimes is, is, to, is because we just really don't need the thing that we desire. Second reason is, is you might have insufficient funds because you already spent the money that you should have had in order to take care of the situation. Um, I, I've done this. I've done this more times than I can tell you. Uh, you get a windfall. And as soon as you get the windfall, uh, you've already in your mind got the thing spent. So you take that extra money that you got and you spend it within the first week of after getting it. And then two weeks later, the hot water heater dies or the car croaks <laughs> and, and, uh, or, you, know, or you have a, a major expense. What God did, and I've seen this, again, I, I've experienced this. Uh, God provided for me ahead of time. You know why? Because God wants me to have the money before I make the purchase. And so he gives it to me. And I say, hot dog, I'm going to spend it on, and it's not what God gave it to me for. And so you end up spending the money that God had provided for that emergency situation, uh, and you, you spent it on something that wasn't a necessity. And I, like I say, I have done that over and over and over again. Uh, God gives you extra, and, uh, and, and sometimes you, you have it spent in your mind even before, uh, even before you, you actually get the money. Um, some, purchase, some people purchase things that they don't need, uh, but just can't pass up, you know, can't pass up a bargain. I've heard people say, uh, you know what? I, I just bought a whole ton of this and I saved a whole bunch of money. Well, you know how you could have saved even more money? Just not buying it in the first place. <laughs> you know, you could save even more money if you didn't make the purchase. So, uh, uh, you know, be, be careful of, of misspent money. Uh, uh, misspent money uh, is, is often uh, money that, was, that God allowed us to have to spend for a particular purpose, and we spend it, we spend it on something else. Um, be careful of doing the what we call robbing Peter to pay Paul. We take it out of one fund that it's designated for and spend it on something else. Um, you, you, again, years ago, uh, in, out in Green Bay, I remember we spent money on something that 
It was designated for a particular purpose. And we took it out of that fund that was for that purpose. We, we, had, we had what we thought was a need. And uh, that need could have, could have gone a while. But instead, we went ahead and we spent it. On the, and that isn't what it was designated for. Let me just say this to you. One of the things I've learned is you don't do that. Not only you don't do that with church finances, you don't do that with your own finances. And uh, uh, any money that is designated, I mean, we are, we are hyper about this around here. Uh, if we take a special offering, every single penny of that special offering goes to what we say that it was going to go to. I've heard horror stories of, of preachers that, uh, uh, or missionaries that have gone to a church, they've been told, you're going to get everything. I, I know of one particular missionary who told me this story. He said uh, he was told that uh, every, every dime that comes into the offering, uh, we're going to make sure that we give it to our missionary. And that particular, and this is years ago, uh, that, that night the offering plate went past the, the missionary's eye and there was a bill that was on a 90 degree angle like this. It was folded and it popped up like this and it was a $50 bill. Guess what he got a check for? 25 bucks. Well, there was at least one bill in there that was $50. So something was withheld. I heard of a, of a missionary that uh, you know, was, was promised uh, a particular item and uh, he said, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not going to take it from you personally. I'm going to take it. I want you to give it through the local church. And that particular person said, oh, please, just let me give it to you. And the reason why he said that was because he knew if he gave it through the local church that the local church would hold on to some of it and wouldn't give him the whole amount, might not even give him any of it. That's... Man, that's, that's just flat. That's stealing. That's wrong. Uh, don't rob from Peter to pay Paul. If, if God has given you something for a particular purpose, make sure that you spend it for that purpose. Uh, God, the other reason, another reason why we have insufficient funds is God's just testing our faith. Uh, again, you give in a special offering, and then a, a need comes up that is unexpected. Well, God's just testing you. And, uh, and, and I've seen that happen over and over again. Uh, Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary to China, said this. He said, he said, God's work done in God's way will not lack God's support. Uh, he is just as able to supply funds ahead of time as afterward, and he much prefers doing so. And, and and that, that is, is just so true. I've seen that happen over and over and over again. Uh, God, God will test our faith. And over and over and over again, I've seen God proved. And I've seen God come through faithful. Then, then another reason for insufficient funds is, is God wants us to make a change. Uh, you know, possibly... Uh, your funds dry up because he wants you to make a vocational change or a standard of living change or a, a change in your location or a shift uh, in, in your ministry, whatever. Uh, when God moved me out of Green Bay and moved me back to the state of New York before he did that, he dried up funds. And my salary vanished 
and there was, in fact, almost right to the dollar. And we had enough reserves in order to get us through to a, a particular point, but preacher made it very clear to me. He says, you know, he says, I, I really think God's moving you out. There wasn't a problem between him and me. Uh, there wasn't difficulty in the ministry. It, it was God used the funds to show me that it was, it was time to take the next step. And God will often do that. He'll, he'll use that to show you that there needs to be a change somewhere. And then the last thing is God wants to check our attitude and God wants to check our obedience. And, and sometimes he'll have insufficient funds and do that. Go with me to uh, uh, Psalm 84. Psalm 84. And in Psalm 84, look with me down in verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. It says, For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Uh, sometimes God uh, is just getting a hold of our, our heart and says, listen, you need to check your attitude. If you think this is something that I, I should give you and I'm not giving you, maybe there's a reason for that. So, so in conclusion... Uh, let me just ask you some, just some very, very simple questions. First of all, are you content? Are you satisfied uh, with what God has given you thus far? Uh, again, godliness with contentment, the Bible says, is great gain. Secondly, do you use money to supply others' needs or just your own? When you get extra money. Do you, do you ask God and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? Is there, is there some, some place you'd like me to direct this because there is a need somewhere? And do I have extra because somebody else has little? Um, the next, next question I'd like to leave you with is, are you proving God? Are you using finances to prove him therewith, saith the Lord? Um, the... the uh, uh, the emphasis, one of the emphasis during a missions conference is grace, purpose, missions, giving. To look ahead for the next two years and say, Lord, what would you have me to give? And to, to do so by faith, trusting him. Now, you don't, you don't give according to that which you don't have, but you give according to that which you do have. And uh, uh, use that, uh, that opportunity to prove the Lord just to prove him. And, and again, he'll prove himself faithful over and over again. And last of all, do you allow God to direct uh, through your funds or through the lack thereof? Uh, do you allow God to direct what you do and how you do it through the funds that he gives you or the funds that he withholds from you? It is so important that we have the right attitude about the money that God entrusts us with. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon the things that we've heard tonight and help us, Lord, even this evening to first and foremost give ourselves to you to see if we're holy and fully dedicated and given ourselves as, as a sacrifice to you because that is our reasonable service. Now, Lord, if uh, you don't have us, then you certainly won't have our money.
So first and foremost, we need to give ourselves to you. And uh, Lord, uh, I have watched as, as people have done that over and over and over again, that you, you not only take care of them, but you direct and guide them and show them what to do and where to go and, and uh, how to use the resources that you have so abundantly given to us. Father, I pray, pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight. If there's something in this area that needs to be adjusted, it needs to be recommitted to you, we pray, Father, that that, that would be our heart tonight and that we would, we would start out our missions conference uh, with the idea that, listen, Lord, everything I've got belongs to you. Show me what you want to, me to do with that which I have. And uh, Lord, where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. And uh, Lord, as we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all the things that we need will be added unto you. And we'll be careful to turn right around and praise and honor and glorify you as you work through our finances. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.